welcome to Salem the Podcast. We are your hosts and favorite Salem tour guides. My name is Sarah Black. And I'm Jeffrey Lilly. And today we are going to do something a little different. Krampus. Getting in with the festive season. We always get into the festive season. Yeah, we are pretty good about that. Yeah. But we're coming out of Salem for this one. A well, little bit. like, it, oh. it's... Mm. For the most part. Krampus, sure. Krampus doesn't come from Salem. Halloween doesn't come from Salem. Ex- true. <laughs> so, no, uh, it's not directly Salem related, but it is sort of uh, something that is uh, like a lot of the Halloween concepts is woven itself into the cultural uh, narrative for the festive holiday season. And we do have a Krampus walk here in Salem. Happened just this past weekend. Yep. Notch Brewing Company is always the one that puts it on. So. so you can go and drink and have fun, dress up like your favorite Krampus, uh, and march down the street and, you know, don't flog tourists. Uh, and, and, you know, <laughs> the uh, participate in the celebrations. But it's... Uh, but they're not like the only ones. Uh, Vamp Fangs has a, a Krampus. You can go and take pictures. It's not like a one and done. It's like a you can visit with Krampus. You can take pictures with Krampus in some stores. You can go on the Krampus March. If you come to Salem in December on a weekend, you're probably going to run into one or two Krampuses yeah. along the way. So, Or like in a, especially in early December because we're, yes. we're right around that time. They also had one at uh, Deacon Giles as yes, well. Yes, yes. Yep. I think that was on, That one's was the creepy Friday? one. And last year, whenever they had the holiday markets at the Old Town Hall, there was almost always a Krampus there to greet yep. you. Yep. So. so it has sort of, like I said, woven itself into that. Uh, and I, I doubt we're the only ones. Like, I'm sure if you go to, I mean, maybe, maybe we are. No, no, we definitely are not <laughs> the only ones. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely cemented. Krampus has cemented itself into himself, into our modern culture here in the U.S., but its roots go back much further than that. But before we get into too much Krampus talk... Oh, we we, we should do like our our normal check-in. Yeah, so Salem is looking quite festive right now. Although we have not seen snow, we have seen quite a few different activities. So the first one, to kind of kick off the whole season, the day after... Thanksgiving, so that would be November twenty fifth. Yes, Santa arrived here in Salem. I didn't. I didn't see it. I'm sorry. Next year, you've no, never seen it, right? I've never seen it. I probably never will see it. Oh, because you're always out of town. Yeah, yeah. Tell your family to come here. Eh, maybe. Consider it. Consider it was it. a magical, magical moment. This was the first year I ever went, uh, and I tell you what, I almost cried as I walked up to the Hawthorne. Like you could feel the energy. I had walked from my house to downtown. That's I, that, that's the nips you were. I was not drinking. Okay, first of all, A, A, now you're going to have to explain what nips are. Because oh, no, it's, I think we've literally done that. 90% of people who just heard you are going to be like, no, no, he's no, talking no. about nipples. No, so no, no, no. Now we're getting Clark Griswold on them, and I need you <laughs> to explain what nips are, please. Oh, I think that most of our listeners probably know. We've we've got a good amount of listeners who are local. Okay, but for everyone who's not, I don't know what do you call them? Shooters. Okay, sure. Um, Just the, the, the little alcohol bottles that you slip in your pockets and then yeah, they're like know. one shot or whatever, yeah. two two ounces. Yeah, yeah. Out here in Massachusetts, for whatever reason, they call them nips because we're cool. Because you're weird. Yeah, same thing. We'll have to ask the Puritans about that one. <laughs> so no, I was not intoxicated. But I was very cheerful because, like, literally the the vibe from the families there, it was just so – you could feel it. You could, it was palpable. Um, so I got up to the Hawthorne. I was surrounded by so many people. Like, you could tell everyone was going to the same place. There was a band with, like, a big tuba. I think it's a tuba. But like, a quartet right, playing right. Christmas music. They had one of the brand new fire engines out there ready to get Santa when he appeared. And right at seven o'clock, you look up and there's Santa on the top of the Hawthorne. And he's like jiggling his belly and waving to the crowd. The kids, I'll tell you what though, before he appeared, the kids were getting anxious. Like, where's Santa? Where's Santa? We want Santa. This is great. Like like, like throwing sugar plums and getting angry. Can you imagine? But then he appears, the whole crowd cheers, and 
all of a sudden the cherry, I, I forgot, it's, what's it called? Is it called cherry picker? No, that's the, electro- electronic that's the elect- electrical bucket thing. That's just a ladder. Just, just a, ladder. a ladder. Yeah, so the ladder yeah, that's yeah. attached to the top of the fire engine, it starts going all the way up. And I, was, I don't remember how many floors the Hawthorne is, but it's quite high. And he rescues Santa, and then they bring him down, and then he is brought to the tree in Lappin Park behind the Bewitch statue, where then there are characters and a whole nother crowd gathered and after a big countdown the tree is lit and the festivities in Salem begin it was quite magical loved it I I get to watch from uh I don't know wherever I was seven o'clock I think we might have been nearly at dinner had just gotten home so I saw your stories on on the Instagram yeah I tried to share it with everyone it was a great experience and actually if you were not in Salem at the time and you are interested in watching it you can hop on over to Derek Millen's detours page oh yeah he he, uh, he checked that out yeah he was in town for it got the whole thing on video so if you want to feel like you're here in Salem go check that out And then we did something quite fun this past weekend. You want to talk a little bit about the house tours? Historic historic Salem Heritage House Tours, uh, which is, by the way, a charity event. Yes, it's their biggest fundraising Fundraising. event of the year. So uh, all of that is is, is for that that nonprofit. And uh, they choose sort of a different location. This is the second year that I've gone, the fourth year that I've known about it. The first year, their brochure, with all due respect, was horrific. And I didn't realize, <laughs> I didn't realize what it was. It was just, I saw like the brochure around and it looked like this, like it looked like a brochure for a ghost tour. Oh, that's interesting. Right? It was like this dark mansion with this guy with like a lantern. Ooh, sort of. now I'm curious. And I was like, oh, fine. But like, as I was getting, I was like, I don't care about this. Right. But it, it wasn't like. Clear. Clear. And, and I didn't know any better because I had just moved here, right? So I didn't know that this was a thing. Uh-huh. And then I learned, but tickets were already sold out. And I was like, no, I want to go. And I couldn't. And then uh, the next year, it fell off my radar. And it's one of these things you typically have to buy tickets for very quickly. Yeah. Um, so uh, I didn't go. But then unfortunately, that year, it was like pouring rain the days it was going and I was watching people going in these houses and like trudging mud in, which I was like, well, thank goodness I wasn't one of those people. And then I went last year and that was cool. And then we got tickets again to go this year and that was cool, but it's a different area each year. Uh, so the year that it was real rainy, it was some of those houses right on the wharf. Last year, there were some uh, houses up by the Broad Street Cemetery. So sort of just in the McIntyre district, but not federal Essex area. So right. just off that. Not like that. the main drag. Yeah, so just off that. Uh, and this year we were up in North Salem, which is, just look on a map. <laughs> yes, but, but a part of Salem that I don't think a lot of people know about or have a reason to venture into. Mm-hmm. However, if you do find yourself um, in Harmony Grove Cemetery area, and Green Lawn, Green Lawn Cemetery, that's that's North, North Salem. Yeah. So over the North Bridge. Yes. And it was so much fun. You get to wander around, check out like 10 different historic homes. Uh, uh, varying degrees of, uh, not modern, that's not, the, of, of different architectural styles. Yeah, the years went from like the early 1800s, um, arguably the late 1700s, to all the way up to the 1950s. Yeah. So a very broad range of different historic homes. And it was like homes that people actually live in. So I right. feel like a lot of the historic homes that you tour in town, like say the Ropes Mansion, a lot of the no ones that we there, just yeah. talked about, you're going into basically a museum of sorts where these rooms are created for your viewing and understanding for that historical preservation. But in this case, these are just people's homes that they're living in and they just happen to be incredibly historic and valuable. So it's really neat. I, I, one of the things I love is they sort of open up to the public. So you walk in, they're like, well, here's this fireplace which is original to the house and the stones underneath the kitchen you know however over here we have you know uh, uh, a furniture that was the great grandparents and this art piece that the couple bought on their honeymoon in Hawaii yeah, it was great so it's this incredible amalgamation that's the right word of history it's not just the architecture of the building but it's vintage uh, uh, furniture and the people who live there and their own personal collections. Um, And their personal stories. Yeah, yeah. And 
then you throw on top of it Christmas Christmas decorations. (laughs) So in some cases, it's the family that lives there that decorates the place, or they have um, a couple different clubs around town, like the gardening clubs that come in and will decorate it for you. But it's just such a, it's cool to see these homes by themselves, but then to see them ready for Christmas, like we had fires going in some of them. Um, Of course, Garland going up all the staircases. It was fabulous. I don't think we saw a single fake tree. (laughs) <laughs> along the way everything smelled immaculate there was one house where you're like what's the smell what's the smell I'm, i regret not taking a picture of those candles because <laughs> they were amazing that was a lot of fun uh so if you're around next year you're looking for something to do keep your keep your eyes open and i think i got tickets in early november for that uh the uh, historic house tour and it'll be in a different area next year so it's not like you go and see the same houses every year it's it's different So thank you to Historic Salem, Inc. and all those folks that opened up their homes to our prying eyes. It was a delight. We got to see where you live. And then then this week, we've got the Christmas Carol Trolley. Christmas Carol Trolley. Oh, I'm so excited. Might be a little wet. Is it really going to rain? It's going to rain. No, it rained (laughs) during our historic home tours, too. It drizzled. It was cold and drizzly. On a dark and stormy night. It was daytime, though. Marley was dead to begin with. But if you have not gotten Christmas Carol trolley tickets and you still want to go, get those immediately. I think most, if not all, the weekends are sold out. Um, you'll probably have some luck with the weekdays, but keep if I had to get, I haven't looked in, in like a month, but you're probably yeah, right. They're, they're going to sell out, so uh, keep that in mind. It is one of the funnest things you can do in Salem during the holidays, so jump on that. Uh, there's... I don't, I don't want to say loads. There's loads of stuff coming up. I know there's some markets coming up, some stuff going on the weekend of the 10th. Um, Check out Destination Salem yeah. for any of that information. So it's one of these Salem's like, oh, October, October, October. We roll pretty hard into the holiday season. Um, I know there's going to be a lot of Yule stuff going on, uh, many of the different. Oh, yeah, like rituals, stuff like that. Yeah. 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 Ooh, and then for New Year's, <gasps> so I'm not a big New Year's celebratory person. I'm usually in bed before the ball drops. And this year, I'm super excited because we are going to the Deal Marcus New Year's Eve Masquerade. So we've talked about Christian and Erica here on uh, on the podcast. Purveyor of fine wares. They are, we, I think we called them the cool kids. Oh, yeah. Or the, the what? No, no, no. Where, where the cool kids want to hang the out. Coo- yes, there we go. There we go. So this is right next to Red Sandwich Shop. They have an eclectic shop full of vintage goods, uh, candles, In a historically tea, important building. In, a, in the first <laughs> bank, if I recall. Yes. Yes. And the one, the one that we talked about in the last episode. Yes. Yes. Uh, designed by Charles Bullfinch. Yep. Yeah. So for New Year's Eve, they're going to be putting on a little shindig. And if I remember correctly, those tickets are already half sold out. Half sold out. So if you are interested, hop on over to their website. It is going, I believe they're opening the entire place up. Yep, all we'll four have, rooms. There will be dancing in the ballroom to live music. The library will be open. Hors d'oeuvres will be served. There will be a bar. I am so excited. And it's masquerade theme, so. Gotta wear a mask. Yeah. Masquerade. Masquerade. faces on parade. Mask. Ooh, we should watch Phantom. <laughs> like, leading up to it. And they're not the only ones to be doing something for New Year's Eve. So if you are in the area, check out your local restaurants, event spaces. I know for sure that Opus is having an end of the year celebration. And I'm about to break some hearts right now. If you haven't already heard, which I know a lot of locals are already buzzing about it, Opus is no longer going to be Opus after this year. So the company that owns the restaurant, they're doing a little change up and that upstairs is going to get a new name completely revamped. The downstairs, which we all know as Opus Underground, usually has live music, that little bar, that is going to get turned into more of a speakeasy lounge, completely separate from the upstairs. So for a lot of people who love Opus dearly, like myself, this is a super sad thing to see. But at the same time, I'm excited to see what the downstairs is going to be like. I've always thought that that would be a great space for that, especially given the side door. 
access, uh-huh. yep. right? Like come up with a password. Yes. Like it's just the, the dark alleyway with the one light and, you know, like three knocks and so, you know, one of those. So who knows? Who knows? Just take note that if you want to experience Opus before they are no longer, you'll want to get there before January 1st. And their final party, um, kind of a commemoration to the place, will be on December 31st. But with that, let's let, get let's talk about goat men beating children. I love it. <laughs> Krampus. <laughs> What's your favorite thing in the holidays to do? Well, dress up like a half human, half goat and beat children. Which is not okay. I mean, no, it's not a <laughs> PSA. Not okay. We, PSA, we are not advocating not for okay. the flogging of children. No. Flogging of consensual adults, maybe. <laughs> Jeffrey's like, I'm on board with that. <laughs> right, yeah, in the fun way. This <laughs> is getting... Sarah's This face. is getting naughty. <laughs> Have you seen the man's... Don't finish <laughs> that sentence. Tongue. <laughs> <sighs> have you seen the pictures of the the naughty uh, female Krampus? No, I have not. Okay, okay. Now I'm excited. <laughs> so yes, Krampus. I've got an update on the the Krampus Krampi debacle. I think I mentioned it earlier in our episodes at some point. Who knows how Krampus came up? But I had seen that it was Krampi, and apparently that is incorrect, and I really couldn't find a definitive plural. I think we're going to go with Krampuses. Sure. I read somewhere that technically it's not a Latin word, so it shouldn't, the plural shouldn't be Krampi. Is that what I said? Is it Germanic? Well, we can, we can talk it about is. that. It is. It is. But I've seen Krampens, Krampuses, or just Krampus, kind of like deer and fish. Yep, dolphin. Dolphins. I don't know. I think you put an S on that. I think deer, you're right. Fish, you're right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You just throw in whatever animal. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So I can't tell you what the plural is specifically, but I can tell you that the name Krampus is derived from the old high Germanic word Cramp, which means claw. It's like those um, ski things, ice climbing. Oh, on your feet? Yeah, they're called uh, crampons. Oh, so that makes sense. So if you do ice climbing on the side, you probably own a pair of crampons? Yeah. Crampons. I think is what they're called. So they're like the, the ones with like the little teeth on, you know what I mean? Yeah, that which, you put which, on your feet and you yeah, climb up. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. <sighs> So yes, derived from the high Germanic word cramp, which means claw. The claw. And he's pretty <laughs> much the antithesis to Santa. Or Saint Nick. Saint Nick. Yeah, Saint Nick yeah. more specifically. So what we think of Santa as, you know, like the jolly, rosy-cheeked man with the white hair and the big pot belly and the red suit with the black boots. Is, of course, the product of... Uh, Coca-Cola, thanks for that one. But prior to that, and even still, we still talk about St. Nick, right? Good jolly old St. Nick, good St. Nick, St. Nicholas Days, Santa Claus. I think we all sort of know that. Um, But that idea goes back much further than our modern... Interpretation. I would almost say like postmodern. Because we get a lot more St. Nick stuff these days than we did like when we were kids. Like actual St. Nick or... Like the style. Like you see, even in movies and stuff, sometimes moving away from that red and white cliche, people are getting more creative. We are going through a little bit of a pagan revival yeah. situation at the moment, so. But anyway. Anyway, but yeah, so we have to go back further, and Much we have, further. and we have to go away from here. Yes. So we're going to the Alps, actually, the Alpine region of Europe. Which is going to cover, well, the Alps, but I guess for those of you who don't know, it's sort of France, Switzerland, a little bit of southern Germany, Bavaria, and Austria. So if you're looking at a map above Italy, and you probably, Hannibal crosses the Alps, right? The Alps, skiing, Swiss Alps, you know, these sorts of things. It's a massive mountain range that sort of separates the Mediterranean countries from the northern uh, countries of Europe. And long before Germany was an actual country, that 
area where it stands today would have been mostly Austria and Bavaria, and it would have been filled with all of these kind of Germanic tribes, right? You know, up in the mountains. Kind of like Switzerland today. Switzerland is very full of, it's a very weird country. Uh, they Part of it speaks Swiss, part of it speaks German, part of it speaks French. Uh, and you get like hamlets might be the right word, right? So You get little like pockets of pockets communities. Pockets of communities. Because like, they're separated because by... Because of all the, the yep. Alps, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so back in the day, and when I say back in the day, I mean like, you know, 600, 700 or so, they developed their own culture, their own religions, you know, belief systems, and they weren't as heavily influenced by Christianity, which was then really starting to spread. So you have these old rituals and ideas that have now been incorporated into our Christian teachings and just like Christmas celebrations overall. So, so with the idea of what we're talking about today, it has its roots in, I guess, you know, what we'd call folklore, which is the lore of the folk. And I know that sounds <laughs> pretty stupid, but it's, it's not uh, like folk uh, you, back then, especially, especially back then, sort of referred a little bit more to like the common people. Mm-hmm. You know, not necessarily like your royalty or your, you know, clergy or whatever else. So it's just your common people in the village uh, and what they believed. And it's typically more, you know, tradition is sort of what it might be a little more boiled down to. Uh, myths, legends, folklore, and Krampus is born out of that. Possibly evolved from like elf creatures. Yeah. Um, I think I saw hobgoblins as well. Kobolds, gnomes. Yeah. Yep. These sorts of things. And eventually does get incorporated into St. Nicholas's story where he is like his helper. Right. He's not a bad guy, like initially. So uh, he may look. I'm going to talk about what he looks like because I think that probably helps. Yes. He is part goat, um, very demonic looking. Like he looks like a devil. Yeah. I, like the Puritans, if they ever saw him, he'd oh, be like, oh my God, it's that's literally it. the devil. That's yeah. the devil. The, the, the horned man, the, the long face. And there are some different iterations of, of the style of Krampus, um, but it, it is very goat related, which also I think is interesting because mountain goats are a big deal in the Alps because. Have you seen That's probably how you got goats a, like got on mountain yeah. faces? Oh, yeah. Just like, and so I guess if you live in this big giant mountain area and there are all these goats around, using that goat within your concept of folklore is pretty common. And I'm sure, you know, it does have a somewhat devilish look to him. And he is supposed to be the one that's dealing out the bad stuff. So yeah. it makes sense that you would kind of give him devilish features. Yeah. So sort of half man, half humanized, uh, or sorry, that's not the right word, anthropomorphized goat. I've also seen depictions with fangs. Um, one, there's some that have one cloven yep, hoof yep. and one human foot, yep. which is very weird to think about. I don't think I've seen anyone do that, but not not in like a Krampus uh, dress up. Usually, when you see Krampuses walking around, like for the Krampus crawl here in Salem, oftentimes ha- their bottom half is completely goat. Yeah, like a satire. <laughs> Goated. <laughs> like a satire. Like a satyr. Like a satyr. I'm not Englishing well today. And I get also a lot of times people have a hard time getting that goat mask makeup going on. So they're just going to bottom half the goat, top half more of like a demon face, mm-hmm. uh, which you tend to see a lot. And always the horns. Yep, always the horns. And the long, long tongue, which is so freaking weird. Some depictions have it so long that it's like curling around children and scooping them up with it. Ugh. It's weird. Jeffrey's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's that's your, your visualization of, of the Krampus. And oh, if it, and he's always seen with chains. I feel like that's a big component to Oftentimes seen with chains. Most oftentimes yeah. chains. Almost always. Yeah. I feel like he's more likely to be seen with chains than bells. Yes, but there are bells and there are baskets. Oh, I guess we can keep going. Yeah, right? the basket, the the sack, sack, much like Santa Claus. Yep, but and not to put presents in. To put children in. So, so with the idea of Krampus, is he is so okay? So we take t- today's uh, popular modern uh, uh, Santa, right? Making a list, checking it twice, been naughty or nice, right? If you're naughty uh, today, uh, I don't think we still 
do we still talk about the coal thing? Are you going to oh, get yeah. coal? Oh, yeah. I, right? I feel like it's still used as like a threat. Right. Um, how, and good kids get presents. But this goes a little a little further, and it's not good kids get presents, bad kids get coal. It's good kids get presents, bad kids get beaten. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there is a variety of punishment. So I did yes. see coal in some instances, yes. but then you could also get beaten. Usually Krampus is depicted as having a whip or some reeds with him. Uh, birch. Uh, birch branch. Th- yeah. So birching is a form of punishment. Was like like whipping, right? You know, uh, and it wasn't always birch. It was called birching, but mm-hmm. it wasn't. It could be willow or, and it uh, sometimes the reeds or the rods. Uh, sometimes the longer, heavier, gonna do a different styles of damage as as you hit someone. Um, but sometimes these uh, sticks would be left out as like a warning to the kids. Oh yes, right. So you're like, oh. We're gonna. Yeah, I'm gonna. If you're not good, Krampus is gonna come and beat you with these sticks. And we're just gonna leave them next to the fireplace. Right, so you imagine, like, the kids acting up, and you, hey, you point to the rods next to. The, I'm telling Krampus. Yeah. Oh, watch out! And it, it's not even a like. That's a threat. You're like, the the horned devil creature is gonna come and beat you with those sticks if you don't you behave. Better be nice, right? But if you're good, Santa's gonna come and give you presents. Like apples and nuts yes. and little toys. So that's still, uh, I enjoyed uh, sort of picking up on that because that's still revolving around sort of more pagan uh, ideas as well as of like a harvest and a festival. We um, always got apples or oranges yeah. in our stocking. It was like typical. Although I also come from a very German family. So it's kind of been uh, passed yeah, down yeah. through the generations. We also hide a pickle. Do you have any crazy family traditions? Uh, there's a pickle on the tree that, that Kate likes to hide, which is not my tradition. Is uh, it in there right now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will find yeah. it before I leave. <laughs> um, so we used to all get our own uh, chairs, so presents weren't under the tree. Uh, presents from my mom were under the tree, or my parents were under the tree. Uh, presents uh, from the Santa Claus that uh, were on, on chairs. There's four of us. That's interesting. So we all got like our own corner of the room. Oh my God, to literally right. square you guys up, like keep you separated. Yeah. That's so funny. <laughs> so Santa came down, right, and then left these piles of presents around the room, but the family was all under the tree, which is sort of like a weird tradition. I don't know. That's bizarre. Yeah. Probably rooted in trying to keep you guys apart at some point, <laughs> and it just stuck. Yeah, yeah. Jeffrey is, are you the oldest? Yes. Jeffrey is the oldest of four boys, so... I'm sure Christmas Day was a rowdy one. Christmas in your, Day is. Is a rowdy is, one in your household. Is. All four of us. Uh, and I, I have a, a staunch refusalist of throwing out the wrapping paper. What do you mean? So you just you just go till all the presents are open and, and the room is a complete and oh, utter yeah. I thought you meant like, war zone. I was like, what do you do with the wrapping paper? You, you, you clean up afterwards. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, but I know some people, like you, you take it and then you open the present and you throw it. Because otherwise it gets to be too much. I'm like, no, no, no. We will live in chaos and disaster. It's easy to just kind of wrangle yeah, it all up. Yeah. It's fine. But yes, back back to Krampus. He was not bringing presents. No, he was bringing uh, child abuse. And if you were bad enough, he would scoop you up, throw you in his sack, and take you to who knows where. I don't... There was no... I think, well, I think that's part of the threat, right? I'll like, take you off. But there was no... I, I didn't see anything. Uh, if anyone knows where, where Krampus, Krampus takes take, you, right? Like he puts you in a snow globe, I, like that movie. <laughs> the, oh God, uh, the the Hall of the Mountain King, or, or the, the Troll Land, or I guess we're we're now mixing cultures. Maybe the North Pole has a basement of some yeah. sort. I, I I enjoy the counterpoint to to Santa, and it's not a negative, right? No, he's like an addition. Yeah. Like oh if you're if you're good you get presents and but there's never like oh if you're naughty you'll get coal and you're like okay Santa's Santa's not giving the coal there's a whole nother guy right a really creepy looking yeah, guy yeah and and he's gonna come in and if you're not good he's gonna give you coal and beat you with birch sticks and and that is not good now one interesting thing Krampus does not come around on Christmas night right right he has his even... own night. Yeah, well, so this is uh, prior. So today, of course, we celebrate Christmas on the 25th of uh, December. But Krampus is the day before uh, the Feast of St. Nicholas. 
So the feast falls on the 6th of December, which makes Krampus not, or Krampus not. I hope I said that well. Good pronunciation. I, I listened to so many. I'm trying <laughs> to get it right. I didn't. I was like, I'm going to butcher that. We're just going to leave Krampus it. Krampus knocked. I think it's knocked. Um, and that falls on the evening of December 5th, which happens to be today when we're recording this. Not when you it. will hear it. If you listen to this on Tuesday when it drops, let us know if you're still alive. Go check it, on your children. You can go check on your children because Krampus would have visited last night. Yes. Who knows? You know, you might have had some fun birching and flogging. Ew, <laughs> Jeffrey. <laughs> I told you to keep going. The Krampus not just for children. You can get beaten and flogged as an adult oh on, my God. on Krampus nights. Gotta make everything sexual. <laughs> I did have a uh, professor back in community college that told us at the beginning of the the semester, studies show you are more apt to pay attention if sex is brought into the conversation. So she made it her goal, like several times throughout the class period, which is only about an hour and a half, she would somehow work sex into this did, was a history class. Did it work? You're talking yeah. about it. Yeah, uh, I guess did, it did. It I, she, left, <laughs> she definitely left an impression on me, apparently. So we're just trying to keep you interested. <laughs> right? That's all. So that, that's a, a good a little little backstory on the Krampus. So Krampus Knocked is on the evening of December 5th. And yes. this is usually when you will see the what they call the Krampus Lof, which is the Krampus run, which is what we we talked about earlier. Notch Brewing Company puts it on every year. It was this past weekend. It's usually the Saturday that falls around that date. But on this night, all over the world, you can find these Krampus gatherings of all sorts and sizes. Um, I've seen some pretty big ones. There are places where they spend all year putting together their costumes. And usually it's like we said, you're, you're featuring some type of goat um, appendage and you may be covered in fur with the horns, the mask, with chains and bells. Although I tell you what, at the Salem one, I have seen many a bloody Santa's. I've yeah. never seen so many dead it's, Santa's. It's a weird one. I've seen severed heads in that group. Like, there's a lot. It's fun, though. They look like they have a lot of fun. It, it does. It does. So so that's sort of his origins. It comes from the Alpine area and the, the, this folklore style, pre-Christian uh, or antithesis to, to, to Christian uh, belief structures and systems. But why are we sort of seeing it today? What happened? Like, because... Krampus wasn't around when I was a kid, right? Like there, there were no Krampus runs or, or Krampus nights or even even ten years ago. I, I don't think it was as as popular as, as it is today. No, yes. I mean, I feel like I guess a we have the internet. Yep. So you're seeing just more absorption of other cultures around the world. Um, B, you've got like I I called it earlier in the episode a pagan revival which yep. probably is not the best way to describe it but i mean that's basically what you see you well, see it's, like it's witchcraft witchcraft yeah, but is also a drastic in uh drop and, and and removal of uh christianity as the the goat i mean more and more every year i could be wrong don't quote me on this for the first time ever people less than half the population in england identifies as christian Ah, that's significant. I, I think I read that re- like like within the past week. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I I just skimmed an article about that. I, I can't remember the specifics, but that's a a, a far drop from probably the, a generation or two ago. Where I, I mean, I don't know. I'm just I literally I'm just guessing with sixty eighty percent of the population. So with a drop in that, and there is a much larger acceptance today of other cultures and other celebrations. And it's like, oh, that's cool. And you see a bunch of goat people on a YouTube video dancing in the streets in, in, in Switzerland. And you're like, what? I want to do that. Yeah, it's a little bit more accepted than it was, say, back in you know the 1950s, yeah. 60s, where we were adhering to more traditional versions of you know just society it, 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 in these general. These faith-born celebrations. Yeah. Yeah. 
So we we were getting that revival of that, which is a lot of fun because then you get to learn about you know these alpine traditions and these other cultures and, and what they do and how they celebrate. And, and it just adds another layer to the winter celebrations. Yeah, you're like I don't. That's one of the things that I love about the winter celebrations, and one of the things that makes it one of my favorite times. There's Krampus stuff in the beginning. There's Yule stuff thrown in the middle. There's you know, New Year's following that. There, there's the Christmas celebration uh, in whatever fashion you celebrate any of these things. But there's an ongoing concept of, of celebration, uh, which, which I think is, is a lot of fun. And again, helps us get through those dark, dark winters. For those of us in the Northern Hemisphere. Right. <laughs> I was t- we were For having- half of us. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we do have this revival. Uh, obviously Krampus is becoming much more popular. You'll see him in TV shows, sitcoms. If they do a Christmas special, usually it's a fun spin. Like everyone's seen Santa before. Let's throw Krampus into the mix. Movies or a movie. Oh my gosh. So you know how we asked people all throughout October what their favorite Halloween movie was? Uh I've been asking people what their favorite Christmas movie was just because I'm interested. Yeah, There's such a wide range and a lot of people like to go back to their childhood, the traditional ones. You said Muppets Christmas, if Kate, I... Kate, Kate, my, my roommate's is, is Muppets Christmas Carol. Which one's yours? Probably Klaus. Klaus? Yeah. Which one's that one? Go watch it tonight. You'll cry. Get a box of tissues. Okay. It's That's on Netflix. Old or... New, new like no, three years. New? Yeah. Weird. Yeah. You don't go back to the classics. I, like, I, I like... I love Santa Claus. The Santa Claus. The Santa Claus. Uh, Tim Allen. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's one of my favorites. I always had a soft spot for Miracle on 34th Street. Okay. Um, and one that I think one of the things that I like about that is that belief in Santa. Very hopeful. Right. And good it, feeling. It, and it's not. And I think some of those things aren't tied. I don't, I don't believe in, in the holy Christian aspect of it. But I believe in that, the spirit of. Right. Like, and the spirit of belief itself. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one of our mutual friends, shout out to Taz, her favorite Christmas movie, she said, was Krampus. Uh, Of course. I'm like, dude, what? No no surprise there. (laughs) What? No surprise. Love you, Taz. (laughs) I had to go back and watch it again. So I I don't think I've seen it since it, I don't know if I saw it in theaters. Oh, I watch it like every year. It's great. (laughs) It's great. It's entertaining. (laughs) Okay. Those are two different things. It's described (laughs) as a horror comedy. Which I think it is kind of funny, but uh-huh. it is one of those ones that you can't tell if they're trying to be serious. Like you, you don't know if you're genuinely fearful for them or it's supposed to be funny. It's got a cool twist at the end. It's great. Um, that came out in 2015, so that probably was Krampus's peak here. I think it's it's grown since then. I think that was a good uh, uh, stoking of the flames. Ah, yes. Yeah. So I, I would agree. I, I, I think probably before that, and I'd have to go back and do like some timeline research, you know, like, Oh, when did we first see a modern revival of what then, when it appear in shows, but then having a pop culture movie like that, uh, really sort of kicks into high gear. I think we also found that with, um, that horrific movie. We talked about it with, with, uh, John from the Witchboard Museum, the Ouija, the, yes. the movie. So that, you know, people, what? And that revitalizes the idea in Ouija boards, and that makes those more popular. Um, and it's it's one of these things that we see with culture. Is it that, just feeds into itself. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you what, that is a scary depiction of Krampus. Speaking of Salem and our local shop owners, if you are in town, there is a full-size Krampus um, replica in like a prop yes. inside Count Orlock's Nightmare Gallery at the moment. So I guess he brings it back every year, which is very fitting because, of course, that place is filled with tons of horror movie memorabilia, life-size recreations of these monsters and villains. So it's very fitting to have a big Krampus right in the gift shop. And that's one of the ones with a little more um, uh, human uh, looking face. What? You think so? Uh, I guess Let, the face itself, yes. Less goat. Like it's that thing's not, terrifying. But it's not a it's not a goat face. No. Right? It it's it's more of a human face. Yeah. It's like a decrepit human face. It's very weird. Yeah. So it's still distinctly like a crampet, but like a lot of the or And it looks a lot like Santa too. Yeah. Like some of the old uh postcards from the nineteen hundreds, which by the way is a whole nother thing. There was a, a small revi- revitalization 
uh, in the late 18, early 1900s with a, a significant series of, of postcards uh, that depicted Gus von Krampus. Uh, and those are just some have a Google, have a look. I can't even describe half of them. I think you can find a bunch of them in town as yes, well. Usually are. around our downtown area, we'll throw out those. For the holiday season. For the holidays. And, and that gives you a great idea of what these Krampus <laughs> Dude, I don't know. Krampusin, Krampin, Krampin. Uh, look like. They're like these cute, like kids being thrown in baskets, chains on the ground. There's even some female Krampuses whipping gentlemen, uh, you know, with like these dapper gentlemen in their baskets uh, to, to like more of a much more devil looking creature with like a seduction manner. There's one I think I've seen with like the tongue wrapped around like a glass and it's like, uh. yeah, like, like a martini glass. Like, yeah. oh, right. <laughs> so it's, it's a very, and I love it, early 1900s. You get some weird stuff. Uh, they, were, they were, you think we're weird? The Victorian era. Yeah, it's They're bizarre. Up. And we're like spiritualism, we're like <clears throat> industrial revolution, you know, uh, modern electricity, and, and there there's some weird stuff going on there. But you look at like what they're thinking and stuff, and you're like, okay. And then that, of course, uh, gets uh, sort of squashed as well during the mid-1900s, and we get to see the resurgence of that uh, today as well. So I don't know where I was going with that. How, why did I start talking about that? Oh, with the depictions of the face, and that's where you get a lot of the, the visual representation of the Krampus. So I couldn't help but think while I was reading about him what the Puritans would have thought. And we did kind of make a joke <laughs> there that they probably would have taken one look and said, oh, well, that's the devil, and scurried away. But they, Can you imagine if you could take, like, a Krampus and any, and just, like, pl- plop him, plop him right, right in the middle of, of, of Essex, in 1690. Like, it doesn't even yep. have to be, like, 1692. Yep. Just, like, early December, 1690. They would have died. <laughs> like, the... <laughs> would have freaked out. Uh, I don't even know. I, like, Hathorne would have just walked out of his... Had a heart attack in the middle of his front lawn and dropped dead. They wouldn't have been pleased with Santa either. Well, yeah. They hated yeah. Christmas. Hated Christmas. So we mentioned this before, and I, I think we both mentioned this on our on our tours, on how the Puritans are obviously religious extremists, right? Um, but they're a zero-fun society. Like, I don't think a lot of people understand that they, they don't celebrate. There is, there is no festivities. There is no... New Year's, there is no Christmas, there are no birthdays, there are no... You're meant to live your life making up for the sin that you're, you were basically born with. Yeah. Like, you, you are born damned. <laughs> you came into existence and you will work, uh, sort of hard labor, to, to work off that sin. Um, and that, that's convoluting some of it, but that's a, the, the simplest way to get through that. So I did get a question from one of our avid listeners mm-hmm. about the difference between all these ideologies because it's still a little confusing. So real quick, and I love the way that you describe this in one of our earliest episodes. It's kind of like a tree. You have like Christianity at the top and then that tree breaks down into Catholicism and Protestant. And then Protestant can then get broken down into um, a whole number of a whole number. But Two in particular that we like to talk about on the podcast is the Pilgrims and the Puritans. And if you were to put them all on a spectrum of, you know, Catholicism at one end and then Protestant in the middle, then you have to go even further to get to Puritan and then Pilgrim. So So it's like they are, as you said, religious extremists. Pilgrims are more extremist Puritans. Puritans. Puritans are extremist Calvinists, to be fair. Calvinists are extremist Protestants. Protestants are part of Christianity. There I think go. I got that right. Yeah. So hopefully that kind of clears it up a little yeah. bit. Yes, very angry people um, did not celebrate anything and actually outlawed the celebration altogether. I think in what, like, like 1630, this off the top of my head, 34? So in 16, you're incorrect. Ah. Um, So in 1649. Oh, wow. Okay. (laughs) The monarchy is dissolved. Yes. So they're they're going through the English civil wars. Um, King Charles I is beheaded. Publicly. Publicly. And parliament takes over. Now, when they take over, 
they do declare that, I do declare, <laughs> for my office people out there, they declared that on the 25th of December, it should be a day of, not of celebration and Christmas, but of fasting and humiliation to account for their sins. So it's completely outlawed. And of course, this will spill over into the colonies. Mm-hmm. The Massachusetts Bay Colony does not prohibit it until 1659, okay. officially at least. Okay. And if you were caught observing, quote, any such day as Christmas or the like, either by forbearing of labor, feasting, or any other way, you could be fined five shillings. Very Scrooge-like of them. Businesses, shops, they all stayed open, and churches were closed. <laughs> it's- Basically, if it's not in the Bible, we're not doing it. They hated Christmas. They saw it as a pagan holiday that the Catholics, obviously we all know how much the Puritans hated the Catholics, but they saw it as a pagan holiday that, of course, predated Christian Christian teachings. Which it is. Exactly. They weren't wrong about that. And then the Catholics had just adopted it into their holiday celebrations. So you can trace Christmas back to like Roman times. They had a holiday known as Saturnalia which I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, hopefully. Uh, sorry in advance. But this is a several-day celebration falling around the winter solstice. I feel like the Romans like to do that. Yeah, long, <laughs> long celebrations of many days, many yeah. weeks, in yeah. fact. And it was all surrounding the god Saturn, which to them was an oh, agricultural okay. god. Yeah, yeah. So marking the change in seasons, the harvest time is coming to a close and it was marked by a lot of merriment, of course, drinking, feasts. Right, and wine, wheat, barley, drinking, celebration. Like pretty any, any traditional harvest festival. Also some lewd behavior. Well, it's the Romans. Of course. Oh, no, I'm talking about in, in Puritan times, oh, even. Oh, the, oh yeah. Oh, they good. were, oh. that's when, it, <laughs> I know, right? Getting, getting warm well, that's the... why they Well, that's why they didn't like it. A 16th century clergyman said... Men dishonor Christ more in the 12 days of Christmas than in all the 12 months besides. Hear, hear. So they were not not too happy with the behavior that was happening. No festive, no merriment. Are there not counting houses? (laughs) Oh, like from Scrooge. Yeah, yeah. I, they're very, they don't want to celebrate. They don't want time off. They're, Scrooge, Scrooge is very Puritan-like. He is kind of Puritan-like. Yeah. Puritanical in his ways, one might say. A day off, you know, rest, relaxation. Ah, humbug. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't make a seal noise in the last episode, but you can play Scrooge. <laughs> Love it. So when when could we finally celebrate Christmas here in Massachusetts? So the monarchy was restored in 1660, and Charles II is on the throne. They revoked that ban on Christmas, but the Puritans in the colony will keep it around pretty much for the next generation, so like several decades and it won't be until 1681 that the ban on Christmas is demolished. But then, on top of that, it won't be considered a public holiday in Massachusetts until 1856. So we still have those Puritan laws that lingered in society. So like you could celebrate, but so Christmas wasn't like officially recognized in Massachusetts to like the Civil War time. Like schools stayed open. Yeah. Shops weren't closed. It was nothing. Welcome to Puritan New England, my friends. There are still remnants of those damn buckle-hatted morons. Yeah, that's why you can't buy liquor in a grocery store. Yeah. So stupid. (laughs) So stupid. I don't get it. No reason. You couldn't, I I, I think, and I... When's the tattoo year? I think the tattoo year is 2001. You could not get a tattoo in Massachusetts until 2001. Yeah, I'm fairly certain. And then there's other things, like you couldn't buy alcohol on a Sunday until somewhat recently as well. I, I don't know when that is, but that's that's also recently. It's crazy. <laughs> I One of the things that I find the most funny about all of that is New England, Massachusetts especially, propagates itself as like the birthplace of you know modern democracy, the Constitution. You, yeah. You, the Constitution was read from the State House, not 10 miles Freedom. from where we are. Yeah. And they're like, but 
you can't do this, 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 and this, or this, 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 and this. Yes. Yeah. A very staunch society. Yeah. A lot of limitations, a lot of rules. And lot no Krampuses whatsoever. No Krampuses or Santa. Or Santa. Or St. Nicholas. So also, I, and I was reading, and I think I probably knew this, but like it didn't quite click, that Santa, while Krampus is a companion or a... a, a partner right so he's not the he's not the opposite he's he were they work together right um there are other people that work with santa as well oh yeah he's got multiple different yeah yeah and i always and i think cramp is maybe because it's the most sort of distinct and and visually different that it it always stood out and i was like oh yeah krampus is just one of many he just happens to have you know goat horns and other things. Well, when you start diving into different cultures and, you know, those old, old traditions, it just keeps going and going. And even like, even Catholicism, like all the different saints, if you don't follow this religion, you look at, you know, what they do. There's so much to it. We have St. Nicholas, who's what? The saint, patron saint of children? Don't look at me. I'm not. That's off the top of my head. Weren't you raised in like a Catholic household? No, good gosh, no. God, oh. Lord, no. No offense to you Catholics out there. No. no Jeffrey no, doesn't no. hate you. No. There, and I knew there's others, but I was like, they all sort of cut like the the greater European culture of of Santa has. And Christmas in general, yeah. yeah. Which all date back to like the old solstice celebrations. Yeah, yeah. these old um, folklore traditions. Again, pre-Christian. Yeah. But has been adopted into Christian Shocking. traditions. I know, right? I don't usually like to listen to podcast episodes about stuff that we're going to talk Mm -hmm. about. I will say I did listen to one. This one's more of like a storytelling podcast, and it's just called Mythology. And you can find two Krampus episodes, the second of which will talk about some of the other entities that are associated with this holiday. And the first one puts you in the story like you it, it's a storytelling podcast okay. so you hear different voices for the different characters oh, i love that and this young girl literally gets kidnapped <laughs> by krampus and it's terror and it takes place back in the day like hundreds of years ago so it it puts you in the mindset of those people who genuinely believed in these things it's quite funny you should you should listen it's mythology yeah it's entertaining does that have a Demon head? No. Okay. Looks like a lightning bolt on their cover. Oh. Does that just about wrap up our... Our Krampus tale? Our Krampus tale? I think so. So there you go. Little... little fun overview. Yeah, a little bit of myth and legend and uh, how that that fun uh, demonized goat creature who'll come and whip you tonight if you've been bad. Uh, So uh, tomorrow, I hope when all of you are listening to the podcast, you're still here. Check check your children. (laughs) Yep. And your loved ones. <laughs> uh, but uh, otherwise, uh, I think one of the things that, that we're talking about, there, there is so much to celebrate, so many different ways uh, to celebrate and different cultures and different ideas and, and different things to do around this season. Uh, don't just, just limit yourself to what you've done before. Go out and explore something new. Yeah, and have fun. And enjoy yourself because come January and February... Things get really dark in these parts. Yeah, yeah. I think that's it. Thanks for tuning in. That's all for now, folks. Thanks for listening. See you later.